0: The word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message.
1: Uh, but I'm going to, uh, I want to talk to you today on the thought of how close have you come to giving up? And, uh I It never dawned on me until yesterday on the way uh, back from Cleveland when we were uh, I don't know maybe maybe halfway I thought about this because um, we have a lot of people that aren't that uh, we're going to be out today. Uh, a lot of people that are out of town, a lot of a lot of people, just stuff going on that they had already told me about. and then I realized that the the main point of this message is the importance on going to church. So this is not directed at any of those people. <laughs> Jonathan told me I better put a disclaimer out there so I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. It's really not. It's just about the general importance of, 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 of going to church and what it can do uh, for our lives to everyone because we're all going to run into those, those times when the, the, the enemy comes against us. And So, uh, so I'm going to read from Psalm 73 and verses uh, 1 through 17. And this is a Psalm of Asaph, and it says, Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace, violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return. Therefore, his people return here in waters of a full cup, are drained by them, and they say, "How does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High?" "'Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. "'They increase in riches. "'Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain "'and washed my hands in innocence. "'For all day long I have been plagued "'and chastened every morning. "'If I had said I will speak thus, "'behold, I would have been untrue "'to the generation of your children. "'When I thought how to understand this, "'it was too painful for me. "'Until I went into the sanctuary of God.' Then I understood therein. So, Father, we just thank you for your word, God. We just ask for your blessing upon this message, God. I do ask for safe travels for my family coming back from Cleveland, Lord, that you would be with them. And, Lord, that just this message would speak to hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So how close have you come to giving up? We've all had those, those times. And sometimes when troubles seem to be at every hand it's amazing what a good trip to church can do for someone. Uh, there's just something about being in the house of God. Um, there's just something about hearing the word of God and encouraging word of God that just gives us a different uh, perspective on things. And so when you, when you think about it, a lot of people that uh, the enemy comes against most of us the same way. And if church weren't important, why is that always one of the first ways he seems to come against us? He seems to try, to try to figure out a way to get us away from other believers, to get us isolated and to get us uh, out of the house of God. And, and it's not always bad things. It can be good things. I'm not saying that, that, that it's got to be anything uh, terrible. And, I'm, and this is not about people that are, you know, that are shut in and can't get out and can't make it to church. I'm talking about when we just make that decision not to put in the effort to be uh, in the house of God. You see, it's easy for us to, to, when we face things in our lives, to begin to focus on the wrong things. It's easy for all of us. And we find ourselves in this place that we have the thought of, is it really worth it? Is it worth all the trouble? Is it worth the hassle? Is it, is it worth the time? And the answer is yes, it's worth it. It's, it's important. And see, the enemy, that's what he wants. He wants us to get, uh, get people out of church and a lot of times when you have someone, maybe you've been around them, they've been out of church for a while, and they'll start to make comments of the word like the world because they're no longer receiving the word the way that they, the way that they should. Uh, it probably would do us all good, and, and I, I say Bible all the time, and I, I love the Bible, but it probably do us all good to not call it the Bible so much and call it what it is, the word of God, because that's how important it is that we, that we receive it on a regular basis. Um, but but you have that, that thought of, uh, I, is it really worth it? Why are things so difficult for me? Why does it seem like it's so easy for everyone else? Why, what's the use in trying to do the right things when no one else seems to care and no one else seems to do it? Everything seems to be going right for all these other people, and everything's hard for me no matter how hard I try. Well, we all have times where we have thoughts like this. And when you think about it, maybe uh, it's really the victim mentality that we've already talked about before. Every one of those statements comes from the mindset of a victim is which is what's going to happen if you're not coming to the house of the Lord and being encouraged by his His word. We've all had it happen, had thoughts in our own lives like this. We've probably made statements like this. And we, we probably all know someone that lives every day of their life with that mindset. And that's what's going to happen because coming to the house of the Lord and hearing the Word of God gives us the right perspective when everything about the world is trying to give us the wrong perspective. The enemy wants nothing better than to get you to give up and quit and lose all hope. So what do you think the message of the world is going to be? Turn on the TV, turn on your phone and you'll see what that message is. It's everywhere. And we have people that they get this mindset and they take on the mindset of being a victim and it doesn't matter how good things are going for them. If they got to reach back 20 years, they'll tell you about that one day, everything went bad. They'll, they'll, they'll forget about all the good. And I had this person one time that that's, that's how it was. Anytime you talked about anything, they were always at a disadvantage. Everything was always against them. They never had it as good as other people and oh, poor them and yeah, they had some stuff that they had gone through in life. But really, their story, it wasn't one of these horrific stories that you can't bear to, to hear, like some people actually have to tell. Uh, but they would do it all the time, and so I got tired of it. And so they started one time up, and it was the whole same woe is me thing, and I, I just agreed with them. I said, yeah, you're right, that's terrible. I said, Let me, I said, you ought to hear about this one guy that I know. And uh, they said, what? I said, Oh, he I said, you know, uh, because it was always about how uh, they'd lost loved ones at certain times in their lives and things like that. And that that's terrible. A lot my family's going through it right now. And uh, so I told him, I said, this this kid, he lost his his uh, grand grandfather at uh, five years old, grandmother, at six years old and uh, from different sides of the family. And I said, when he was eight years old, his best friend died of cancer and he was only seven. And he had to go, he was over there sitting with him, but he still passed away. And, and not too long after that, his mom was diagnosed with cancer, and they told her that it didn't look good. She probably wouldn't make it. And uh, I said, and, and this kid, he loved sports. He played sports all the time. But, but uh, his, his grandfather that was still living never came to a single game, not one. In fact, the only time he ever, he, he never threw a ball with him, and the only time he ever saw him uh, play basketball at all was by accident at at an event that was happening, and some guys started shooting basketball, and his grandpa said, "I didn't know you could play basketball," and he was 14 years old. It's the only time he ever saw him play. Never went to a single game that he had at school or anything else. And and named a couple of things. And they said, "Dad, it's terrible." Do I know this person? I said, "Yeah, it's me, dummy." <laughs> She said, why have you never told me any of this? I said, because why does any of it matter? And in the, in the, if you look at my life through the right perspective, it's this big. And everything else has been amazing. It's been awesome. And, and all of my grandparents were unbelievable. It's just people are, people are going to be people. They have their different things. So we can all sit around and we can complain and we can feel sorry for ourselves if that's the way we choose to look at things. If we choose to look at the negative and not see things from the right perspective, because it doesn't matter what we're going through. As long as we have Jesus Christ, they've been singing about it all morning. He is our living hope. We don't have to, we don't have to live that way. And so here in Psalm 73, which is Psalm written by Asaph, we see that there's some things that are troubling him when he's looking around. Or maybe I should say he's troubled by the way he's looking at the things that are going on around him. Now, I don't know about you, but there's some things going on around me that trouble me when I look in the news and I see different things going on. But he's troubled by the prosperity of the wicked. He's troubled by the lack of distress and the lack of problems that the ungodly seem to be in. And he's, he's troubled that the wicked are full of violence and they never seem to suffer from it. He's troubled that it seems like that that to him, that the wicked are more prosperous than anyone else. And it bothers him that the wicked openly curse God and they doubt the awesomeness of God, but they always seem to keep increasing and having everything easy. Now, doesn't that kind of sound familiar to a lot of things we see going on today? Now, I very uh, rarely get political, so I'm going to pick something that I think every side, no matter how you feel about things, would agree on. But just look at this whole Jeffrey Epstein mess and the Maxwell lady, his girlfriend case. Now, I used to treat uh, some houses in a pretty uh, not-so-great neighborhood that had a lot of prostitution. And I would be there, and, you know, w- you could see it going on while you were there doing your job. And, and the guy's house that I was out, I had known him a long time, and great guy. And he was talking about, him, uh, about the police officers, talking to him every now and then, trying to work on stopping the problem. And he said, what we try to do is get the license plates of the vehicles who pick up the ladies." because they say it's more effective if they can prosecute the ones picking them up than the ones that are out here walking the streets. And then I sit here and I keep seeing all this stuff, and it just blows my mind, but for some reason we haven't heard a single name on that list yet from the Epstein stuff. If that's the way they go at if that's the way they pursue to stop things like this from happening, why aren't we hearing anything? And it makes you think, how can they keep getting away with this? because they're so wicked, because they have money. Because we everybody in here can probably tell me five people you're pretty sure is on that list. But for some reason, nothing's said about it. I imagine maybe he was seeing some stuff like that going on in his time that was really getting under his skin and, and bothering him. And so then from there in this psalm, he goes on to express his regret and his efforts at living right because of the wicked that he's seeing. And this is what we see happen in a lot of people. But he says, I feel like I've cleansed my heart in vain. I I was innocent and I washed my my hands anyway. I've been plagued and chastised all day. And every time I think about it, it becomes so painful for me that I think I'd be better off without God. You probably have loved ones that it breaks your heart, but you've heard them say statements like that too. When you try to talk to them about the Lord. Said, I would be better off doing my own thing, going my own way. And that's the attitude that happens when we allow the enemy to get that foothold in our lives of keeping us away from other believers. Because then he says this, until I went to church, then I understood them. I got a better perspective is what he was saying about my own self. I understood their end. See, he had all these mind-plaguing and hindering thoughts going on until he went to the house of the Lord. There are people right now that all kind of crazy things going on in their lives. They're having all these mind-plaguing thoughts. They're having all these issues, but yet they don't go to the house of the Lord. I might could see it if they really felt like everything was perfect in their lives, but they're real quick to tell you that their life's a mess, but they won't go to the house of the Lord. They've been taught better. They've been raised better, but they won't. Go. They find every reason not to go. See, there's no better place to get a new perspective on the situations of life than from the house of God and from the Word of God. And so I'm going to give you three things real quickly from this psalm that are lessons for us. The first one is the danger of a misplaced vision. Verse 3 of the psalm, he says, I was envious when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He had his eyes on the wrong things. He had his eyes on the wrong people. See, nothing will bring you down faster than taking your eyes off of Jesus and putting them on the world. Think about it again. He is our living hope. If you want to live a life full of hope, keep your eyes on Him. If you want to live a life with no hope, just start looking at the world and it'll happen real fast. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what a, what a powerful example we have here. He tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us that we're to always look to Christ. And then he gives us a good reason to do it. See, Jesus kept his eyes on what was ahead of him. Not on the cross, not on the shame, but the joy that was before him. And he gave his life for us. Psalms 121 verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on heaven. And the best way to do that is come to the house of the Lord. See, we need to keep our eyes on the promises of God. We don't need to have our vision misplaced by having our eyes on the world and everything that's going on. We need to be aware of what's going on. But our, our focus and our, uh, all of our affection and our, our attention needs to be on Jesus. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, the Apostle Paul says... I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul had his eyes on what was ahead of him. His vision was focused. He had the right perspective because he determined that the shine of the crown that awaited him in heaven was brighter than anything that this world had to offer. And we have that same promise. See, think about Peter for a minute. Think about the way Jesus rebuked Peter twice and the way that he did it. He was rebuked because he took his eyes off of Jesus while walking on the water. And he was rebuked in John chapter 21 for having his eyes on John. When Peter asked Jesus about John in John 21 and verse 21, it says, Lord, and what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Follow me. In other words, quit worrying about everybody else and just follow Jesus. See, sometimes many Christians, they want to focus on everybody else's walk and what everybody else is doing. Uh, I don't know about you, but this has happened to me. Have you ever been in a service and you were so focused on what other people were doing, you got absolutely nothing out of it? Well, I'm, I'm getting a little better as I get older, but when I was, uh, it may just be I don't notice as many things because I'm getting older, but when I was younger, I noticed everything that happened in a church service. And uh, you th- I've only told you some of the stories I'm allowed to tell of some of the things I've seen happen in church. Um, if I can figure out a way to clean up the story, I'll tell it to you later, but I can't yet. I can't figure out how to say it without it being offensive. But when I was a teenager, there was this lady in, that was, would started coming to the church. And it, I think it started out as maybe trying to back the preacher up or maybe it was a, an act of worship, but I, I feel like it got a little carried away. And uh, but she loved to say, yes, amen. And you must have heard her one time. And she would say it over and over and over. So I mean like over and over and over and over. Uh, one time I just, I just quit listening to the preacher at all and I looked at a watch and I counted for 10 minutes. <laughs> I stopped when I broke 50. I'm not exaggerating. She had said it 50 times in 10 minutes. And uh, so, but what I no- didn't notice then that I do now is that probably weeks went by when I got absolutely nothing out of what was going on in the service because I no matter what she said or did it was still my fault because I took my eyes off of Jesus and off of the word that was being preached. And I put them on this lady and counted. And I, I think well, I may have even been taking bets with some of my cousins in church about was it going to be over or under the next Sunday if I'm being honest. But years later maybe it's probably been 15, 17, 18 years I go to this church service and I saw her and I was wondering and she had gotten a lot, it had gotten a lot better. It was not, there was no distracting anything at all, which makes you wonder, was she really being that distracting or was it all me just having my eyes on the wrong thing? But, uh, this kind of doesn't go with it, but I think that the Holy Spirit just taught me a funny lesson in this because Heather and I go into this service and we sat on either the second or third row. Do you remember which, which row? I think it may have been the second row. Well, the preacher got real fired up. She was sitting on the last row or either second or last row. And the preacher, he started sweating, spitting, yelling. His hair was flapping. He was pointing. One leg was coming up. And uh, I mean, just and so he had gone up and down the aisles. And by this time, he had really just like basically preached. He was about out of breath. And he grabs a hold of the front pew and me and Heather, we were on the third row. We were on the third row. And and he's just been like really kind of uh, going to a part of the message where he's just exhorting. And then he just kind of yells in the microphone and he's like, my God, I'm slinging spit three rows back. Now I'm on row three, remember? And he was. And. It would have been a perfect time for that lady to say, yes, amen. Maybe break things up, calm it down. But she doesn't. She yells this from the back row. She stands up and yells, sling it, brother. Sling it. I just did not want him to sling it. I wanted him to wipe it off and get back on the stage where it wouldn't hit me. But that taught me a lesson about keeping my eyes on the wrong things in a service. All those times I thought in my mind, I wish that lady would stop saying that. And then there's the one time I'm saying, please say it. And she says something totally different. But see, it's easy for us to get discouraged when we have our eyes on the wrong things. And it's easy to get discouraged when you see people that aren't living for the Lord, and they seem to be, because they're not, but they seem to be faring better than we are. They seem to be having it easy, but they don't. We need to remember that the pleasures of sin are for a season, but the promise of Christ is for eternity, for each and every one of us. The second thing is the disappointment of a misplaced value. Verse 12 says, "Behold." These are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. So he's saying, look look how rich the ungodly are. Look how much money they have. They have, it, they have it made. But what really determines riches? Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, what's valuable to one person might not be valuable to to another. There are many people that they place all of their value on how much money they make, how much money they have in the bank, what other people think about them, or even trying to outdo someone that maybe does the same job that they do. You never see that with preachers. They never try to out-preach each other. They always just back each other up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As far as even with, with, uh, with anything like that, you know, there is some unbelievable preachers out there. I just don't like their style. If somebody told me I couldn't preach, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I would just say, well, they just don't like my style. They like somebody who slings spit three rows back. But if you do, good why do we get caught up in the wrong things we cause ourselves a lot of grief by having misplaced values and see some people will they'll pay ridiculous amounts of money for something that someone else wouldn't give you anything for they think it's worthless but jesus has promised us the most valuable thing of all eternal life with him in heaven and that should be where our treasure is today if you have jesus as your personal savior you're on your way to heaven then you possess the most valuable thing that any person on the face of the earth could possess. Number three is the delight in recovering a misplaced victory. Verse 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood, then understood I therein. See, I don't know what you're going through or what you're facing, but man, what a difference a trip to the house of God made for him. What a difference maybe singing one more song made. What a difference praying one more prayer, hearing one more message, reading one more scripture. Going to the house of God can make a difference in your life. Makes a difference in my life. And like I said, we've all been in church services where it didn't really change the way that we were feeling at all. At least I know I have several times. And so, what was it that he found in the sanctuary that made such a difference in his feelings, and what he was feeling, what he was seeing, his perspective? I believe he found praise in the house of God. We've already had praise here today. I when you need a change of perspective, there's nothing like having a time of praise and worship, getting lost in the presence of God. And I believe he found singing, refreshing singing. Say we should all sing to the Lord. Some of us not as loud as others if you can't carry a tune, but you should still be doing something. Jesus and his disciples sang. Paul and Silas sang in the prison. What other examples do you really need? There, there, that's all you, <laughs> we should be doing it. We should be singing to the Lord. The great songs about our God, it lifts our spirits and it, and it increases our faith and it draws us close to him. I think he found powerful preaching. I think he found the Word being proclaimed when he went in the sanctuary. The Word of God has the power to lift us up and change our outlook. It's like we we talked about the other week. If we really believe that every answer is in the book, why don't we open the book? I believe he found soul-stirring and life-giving prayer going on in the house of God. And if, if you want to experience that, come here on a Tuesday morning. I got to come this Tuesday. I haven't been able to come for over a month because of volleyball workouts, but I was free today, uh, this past Tuesday to come. And uh, people praying and touching the Lord for the church and for the families of the church and for the community, it's a powerful thing. See, so if you've had thoughts of, of giving up, if you've had thoughts of is it worth it, If you've been thinking, why me? What's the use? Any of those things. Well, it's just too hard. Does it even matter? Do I even matter? Don't give up. It's worth it. It's not too hard. What you're doing does matter and you matter. You're important to God. You're important to the kingdom. You're important to those around you. We need to let go of pride and do whatever it takes to keep from giving up. We need to praise Him one more time. Sing one more song. Get into the Word another time. Let the Word get into you and pray one more time. I've heard it said many times, but it's still true. Don't break down before you break through. You never know what's about to happen. We just need to change a perspective. We just need to, to, to fix our, our focus. So last week, our, the volleyball team that Dad and I coached, we had to play a game that was, we knew it was going to be kind of a bad game to begin with. The team we were playing's not very good. Um, well, they're not good at all. And they've been that way for a while. They're trying to improve their program, but, you know, they just don't have a very good program. And so when you play a team like that, it's easy to get out there and... Get your mind off what you're doing, and when you get your mind off what you're doing, somebody gets hurt, and then they can't play. When we're going to need them against the team that we have to play good against. And so, I talked to the girls before the game, and they were already saying that they were, you know, they were already talking about the game because they're teenage girls. They're going to do, they're going to do what they do. And I I had to try to get them serious for a minute. And I told them, I said, "Girls, listen, we're not going to be able to do the things that we'd like to do." This might not even be a very fun game. It's going to be a lot of serving, and that's about it. I said, but there's one thing we can work on in this game. And they looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) And I said, we can work on our focus. Because it takes focus to stay into a game that's going to go that way. And I said, but if we work on it now in this game, we don't have to worry about anything else but our focus then later on in the season when we come to a point where we need that focus to be there instead of us trying to figure out what to do about it. And they did what I asked them to do, and uh, everything went well. But it's the same way with us. We might not be able to control what's going on in our lives or control very little of what's taking place, and we may have a, a lot of wild stuff happening, good or bad. But the one thing that we can do no matter what we're going through is we can fix our focus. We can work on being focused on God, being focused on the Word of God, being focused on the promises of God, and letting it be an active part of our lives instead of just the thought of when everything is going bad. What if every day you you started your day by fixing your focus on Jesus? See, we, we need to just get in His presence. We need His presence in our lives. Verses 16 through 17 in the Amplified Bible reads like this. But when I considered how to understand this, it was too great an effort for me and too painful until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood, for I considered therein. Have you ever been around someone, their perspective has been shaped or warped in such a way, they won't consider anything else? As they're only getting fed one way, one thing all the time. That's how important a trip to the house of the Lord is. When it changes your perspective, sometimes the situation doesn't change at all, but as you begin to consider it from the point of view of God's Word and what He says about it, everything changes. See, if you've been thinking of giving up because there's some things that seem to be too hard or too too painful to understand, you've come to the right place today. You've come to the house of God. You've come to the place where we've been singing praises. His presence is here. The word has gone forward. And, and it can give you a new perspective this morning if you would just let him give that to you. And let's just bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you for your presence here all throughout this service, God. Lord, we thank you for everyone that was here, Lord, and and rejoicing and praising your name and lifting their voices in song and prayer and our hearts to you, God. It's just such a beautiful thing to be a part of. God, we thank you, Lord, as we we go through life and we have these struggles and things come against us, God, that we have a place we can come. We can come to your house, God, for a new perspective. Lord, a perspective that changes everything and always brings encouragement and hope. So, God, I pray for those that raised their hands today. God, I pray that that something was said or, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just speak to their hearts in a way that their perspective has changed and they can begin to consider your promises and begin to consider your word and what it has to say about whatever it is they're facing, whether it's something bad, some type of tragedy, some type of trauma or sickness, or whether it's even good, but the stresses that come along with promotion and advancement, Lord, whatever it is, God, you're more than able we thank you for it, God. And I pray that you would help each of us, God, as we're, as we're going through our, our day-to-day lives, Lord, that we will not allow the enemy in any way, same thing, good or bad, to keep us from your house and to keep us from your presence. Lord, help us as we, we talk to different ones, Lord, to be able to show them how good it is to be your child. Lord, I just, I just, I just repent, even myself and anyone in here, Lord, for anything negative we've ever said about your church or your people, God. Lord, this is the best place to be that anyone could be today, Lord, is in your house and in your presence, God, and we thank you for the church. We thank you for the people of the church, God. We thank you for the organizations around the world of the church, God. No, none of them are perfect, God, but we're but those that are seeking you, God, we thank you for it. We ask your blessing upon every every person that's going after you like never before, God, and we pray that Anyone that comes in these doors, God, that they would be encouraged. Lord, that they would be lifted up. And like when they left, God, they would have the perspective of the kingdom of whatever situation they find themselves in, God. And Lord, we give you all the honor and the glory, and we just bless your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.